Hey guys, Pastor Travis here from Unity Church Magnolia. We are excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. We pray that it will bring you hope, peace, and encouragement for your journey with Christ. God bless you as you listen. We're going to speak on the topic, Faithful to Finish. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You know, we like to talk about in the charismatic and Pentecostal movements about the power of God. Man, we get excited and preachers spit and kick their legs and pound the pulpit. God is a God of power and love and grace and mercy. And he gives us self-discipline. And I believe that this is the topic that maybe we skip over sometimes because we think it's not the funnest thing to talk about. But I'm going to prove to you that discipline can be fun. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that is alive and well, sharper than a double-edged sword. God, I pray that it speak to our heart and change our life. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Somebody shout faithful to finish. You see, we, we hear this term thrown around all the time. We are in 2020. A new decade, you know, a hundred years ago, it was the roaring 20s, and uh, things were happening, and, and, uh, and, and here we are in a new decade, and we hear this term, new year, new you. New year, new you, but the statistics say, new year, same you, because a lot of times we don't implement the changes that we want to make, and somebody say amen. But we want to talk about how to set and achieve goals in our life that are God-birthed and God-given. 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17 says this, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him this no longer. In verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so what we know is we should forever be changing for the better. Can I tell you, you're not as good as you need to get. Look at somebody and say, you're not as good As you ought to be. God wants us to forever be changing for the better. He wants us to always be striving to be better. That's why I like to continue my education. I like to to do a class here and there or something. That because I know that I still have something to learn. I haven't got it all figured out yet. And guess what? You don't either. We don't have it all figured out yet, and we should all be changing for the better. In fact, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Somebody say, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So here's the deal. We are being, which means in the process of being transformed. I don't look just like Jesus yet, but I'm being transformed into his image. 
I should be on a journey where I'm getting better and better from glory to glory to become more like Jesus. You see, we should look, act, talk, live, and even smell like Jesus every day. We should be coming more like Him. The Bible says this, as we draw near to God, He is drawing near to us. And the closer you get to God, the more you should be like Him. The world knew the disciples because of the way they talked, the way they lived, the way they acted, the way they walked. They, they, hey, hey, he, he looks like one of them. He sounds like one of them. Listen, the world should know without a doubt. People should not have to ask us, are you a Christian? They should know by our lifestyle. So we have to make sure, you know, uh, Sheila Martin taught us this, that we should come out smelling like Jesus. Because how many know sometimes we're, we're in conflict or we're in circumstances or, or things aren't going our way and sometimes we don't come out smelling just like Jesus. Sometimes I smell like a little old dead rotten flesh because we let that thing, we, we like to dig it up, right? You know, yesterday I went fishing and, uh, uh, with Tim and I can tell you there were a lot of smells going on. There were a lot of smells going on, but it wasn't none of them good. And so God wants us to come out smelling like Jesus. Now, we're just laying a foundation here uh, because, because really the, the life of expectancy that we have really is determined by how we are conducting the basis of our everyday Christian life. God wants to make sure that as we are becoming new in this new year, as we are being transformed, that we're being transformed into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, For we are to God, listen, the fragrance of Christ. That's awesome. We are to God, the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. We are the fragrance. Listen, when you come to church, do you smell like Jesus? When you go to work on Monday after you've been to church, do you smell like Jesus? And by Thursday, are you still smelling like Jesus? We want to make sure that the fragrance of our life, that we are being transformed into the image, the, the way of life, that the people can just tell that we have been close to Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say, I want to be faithful to finish. So this is the transformation that we want for the new year. We want, our goal should always and ever be to be transformed into the image of Christ. But, but in order for us to do that sometimes, I do believe that it's godly to set some goals. And I know there's controversy about that. And, and I'm not talking about resolutions that you never intend on keeping. But I believe that it is godly to set some goals. So let me give you some pointers here. Number one, never set goals that you know good and well that you won't keep. All right? Right? Okay. Uh, you know, knowing good and well. I'm going to go to the gym every day for, for 2020. Every day I'm going to go to the gym and work out. Okay, well... Unless you've been going to the gym, I wouldn't set that goal. 
you know, maybe start with two days a week, I'm going to go to the gym. Maybe you ought to buy a gym membership first. That would be a good place to start, right? And so what, whatever it is, you know, set some realistic goals that, that you intend to keep. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I set some goals in 2019, actually in 2018, that I wanted to end 2019 at least 10 pounds lighter than I started 2019. And so I thought 10 pounds, that's a realistic goal for me. There were times during the year that I weighed 30 pounds less than I started with. And there were, and there were times where, where it just kind of fluctuated. But I'm, I'm happy to tell you that it all balanced out at the end of the year where I weighed 14 pounds less than I started the year with. So I, I met the goal and I exceeded the goal and I plan to do that again this year because I believe that God wants us to honor him with our bodies. Can somebody say amen? So never set goals that you don't intend to keep. In order to do that, I had to change some eating habits, and I also had to start working out at the gym. And I'm so excited to see all the different families within the church following, following that, that standard and even exceeding me on some of the, sometimes I've got families in the church, well, we're at the gym, where are you, you know? And so, you know, I, I love to see that spread God wants us to honor him with our bodies as well. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes is tree of life. And so what we know is that if we set goals that we never intend to keep, it makes us frustrated. Because we, we don't meet the goal, now, we're, now we, feel, we feel condemned and, and we feel uh, guilt for not doing the things that we wanted to do with our life. And so we don't want to allow ourselves to set unrealistic goals. Also, unreached goals cause disappointment, frustration, and anxiety. So whenever you start to set goals and those goals are not met, you have to deal with these things that God never intended you as a Christian believer to have to walk through these phases of life. So somebody say, I want to be faithful to finish. And so goals should also be realistic. Goals should also be realistic. But, but, but listen to this. They should be realistic, but they should also be somewhat out of reach. Because we are never meant to just do things on our own strength. And so whenever I'm setting a goal, I don't set a goal that I can by myself, my own natural ability, uh, obtain. But I want to set a goal that says, okay, I, I, I can believe that I can reach this far. And with faith, I believe that I can reach this far through God who gives me strength. And so we want, when we're setting goals, we do want them to be realistic, but somewhat out of reach. That way we place our dependency on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, listen, if, if it's not too big for you, then it's not big enough. Can I say that again? If it's not too big for you, then it's not big enough. We should be keeping ourselves intentionally in a state of dependency on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to show his strength and his ability. And when we have reached as far as we can reach, and we have become weak, and we say, God, I just can't quite reach it. The Bible says this, that his power is made perfect in our weakness. 
So I believe that God wants to say, okay, you've reached, you've stretched, you've labored, you've done your part, you have shown discipline to do the things that I've called you to do in your life. Now I'm going to help you go the rest of the way. Can somebody say amen? So God wants us to set goals that are realistic but somewhat out of reach. Listen, there is a lie from the pit of hell that says don't stretch yourself. Let's mark that on out. Let's mark that on out. Don't stretch yourself. Man, every man or woman of God that has done great things for the kingdom of God at some point in their life had to stretch themselves to go farther than they wanted to go. There is power in stretching. You see, good goals should cause you to stretch. Oh, it's uncomfortable. It's supposed to be. Listen, nothing good in life. Nothing good in life comes just just dropped in our lap and easy. Listen, we talk about the manna that fell from heaven for the Israelites and how God can just drop it in your lap and blessings falling from everywhere. Yeah, but them jokers had to wander around the wilderness. There was a need for it. They, they, they have believed God and trusted God. And Moses had believed God and trusted God. God wants us to be able to stretch. Good goals should cause you to stretch. Isaiah 54, 2 says this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Oh, are you comfortable with what you got? Have you become complacent with that? Oh, what I have, Pastor, is just plain, I, I'm good with this for the rest of No, man, believe God for more. I want God to enlarge our tents. I want God to enlarge this place. I hope that one day this sanctuary is not big enough to hold the people. I want God to enlarge our territory. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. God is always wanting to enlarge your territory. He wants to enlarge your influence. He wants you to enlarge the thing. Listen, if you can believe God for this much this year, He wants you to believe God for this much next year, this much next year, until you're believing God can do anything. God wants you to stretch and because whenever you stretch, things begin to happen in your life. In fact, when you allow God to stretch you, you will go farther than you have ever gone before. You know, I love the illustration of a bow and arrow. I wish I had one this morning. A bow and arrow, you know, if, if you didn't stretch that bow back, the arrow wouldn't go very far with it. But, but if you can stretch that thing back, you know, and, and allow that arrow to fly, it will go farther than, you ever, than that ever, ever could on its own. So sometimes God wants to stretch it, and yet yeah, it hurts. There's, listen, God, when, when you're in a stretching season of your life, sometimes it's painful, it's uncomfortable. God asks you to do things that, that, that you're not qualified to do. I, every season of my life that, that, that where there's been promotion, I always felt underqualified. I always felt underqualified for what God was calling me to do because God was trying to stretch me beyond my natural limits, beyond my natural abilities, and beyond my natural strengths. And before you know it, you look back. Here's the great thing. Man, I love this about God. 
he does things so gradual. If you look at Ezekiel in the temple where, where he was called out into the waters, he didn't go jump in head deep. He waded out ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. And before he knew it, he was over his head. So I believe that God's going to do that in some of your lives. It's going to be gradual. But one day you're going to look back and say, oh, my God, look how far I came. I used to be way over there. I used to be in the ankle deep waters. Now I'm about to be over my head. What happened? God stretched you beyond your ability to believe God for the impossible in your life. Stretching can, can be painful. But it will condition you to go where you have never gone before. You see, I believe that God, we've prayed from the beginning that Unity Church would not be just a gathering place, but it would be a sending place. And so God has caused us to stretch by sending people out. Last year, we had to send Quay and Michaela out to, to do what God had called them to do. We've had to send others out to do what God called them to do. We've got missionaries. Uh, just this past year, we had our missionaries from Morocco. At one point, they were with us in church, and we had to send them out into the field. So, listen, there, there are times where we have to send out the, the Bryants. Their church is literally sending them out to do what God called them to do. And, and so not only does that stretch them, but it also stretches the church. What I love about Word of Grace and what God's doing there is God's taking Taking the lid off, and, and he's causing that church to rise to the occasion. And so if as long as you keep something capped, and we say, this is how far we can go, and eventually God says, take off the cap and see what happens, right? I believe that God is wanting to take the cap off of some of your life, but it's going to require some stretching and doing some things that's uncomfortable. We had to stretch again when God called Donna to this new position in ministry. And thank God she gets to be connected here at the church. And we still get to be reaching children and families right here in Magnolia. But it's causing us to stretch and believe God for, for, for the new children's pastor. You know, we, we were comfortable. You know, I didn't have to think about it. Donna was usually here before I got here in the morning, you know. And she was usually here when I left in the evening. And, and you know, we just knew she was going to be here. We know kids are taken care of. We know things are happening. But God wanted to bring us to a place of stretching and believing God that, that hey, who knows what's ahead of us. Isabella, you know, she's coming next week. And whether she's here or another church, she's about to graduate. And God is bringing her to a time of having to stretch and believe God for whatever's next in her life. We should forever be stretching and changing and believing God for more. Can somebody say amen? So it can be painful, but it can condition you to go places that you've never gone before. Stretching will help you to reach the unreachable. To reach the unreachable. I remember, I remember when uh, I was running a few years ago, and that's something I need to get back to. Maybe that's a goal I should set. Uh, hadn't been much running going on in my life, I can tell you. But when I started, I started out, I didn't know what I was doing, and I would just hit the farm road, and I would run as fast as I could until I couldn't run anymore. And, and because of that, you know, I would tire her out. I was blowing out knees. I was doing all kind of things. And then, and then it dawned on me one day. It's like, well, I think somebody asked me, well, have you been stretching? Well, no, I've just been running. But 
then I started stretching, and guess what? The stretching was painful. It didn't feel good. I'm like, is your body even supposed to do these kinds of things? I don't know. It didn't feel right. But guess what? It helped me to go farther than I had ever gone before and to reach my goals that seemed unreachable. Stretching will help you do that. Can I tell you this and leave you with this before we get into actual goals that we're going to set is don't quit just because it hurts. Oh, yeah. Where did we get the idea in the church that if it's God, it was going to be easy? What? What? If it's God, it's going to be easy? Really? Tell that to the disciples. When Jesus, they were following Jesus, and Jesus Jesus told, told, told Peter this. He's like, and the disciples, hey, some, there's a day coming where people are going to lead you to places you don't want to go. Cause you to do things you don't want to listen. Listen, it was never meant to be easy. It was meant to be productive. Your life was never meant to be easy. It was meant to be productive. Now, do things, can God do things supernaturally and cause it to be, to lighten the load? Absolutely. Absolutely. He loves to do that. He loves to blow our mind with, with things just out of the blue. We talked about that last week. We talked about out of the blue blessings. Yes, God wants to do that with you along the journey. In fact, we talked about last week, checks out of the mail. As soon as I got home, I got a, I got a, a text from somebody. Pamela read to me uh, a text that she had received about somebody that went home and checked their mailbox, and a check was in the mail waiting for them when they got home. Can we give God praise for that? Another Another brother told me this morning, he said, Pastor, he said, you preached about uh, checks in the mail. That was just a little tagline in the message, by the way. I wasn't just preaching a message about checks in the mail. It was a tagline. But he said, he said, he said, believe it or not, he said, I went to the mailbox this week and got a check for over $500 that we were not expecting out of the mailbox. Can we give God praise for the unexpecteds? So, yeah, yeah, God wants to bless us and do things out of the blue, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that everything's just going to fall in place for you because if it did, there would be no need for faith. God wants thing, some things to be just, just enough out of reach that you have to say, God, I can't see it, I can't feel it, but I know it's there, and I'm believing, God, that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Can somebody say amen? You see, don't quit because it hurts. Second, Corinthians, or Second Chronicles 15, 7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it may not be coming easy for you, but do not give up. If God said he's taking you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey, then he has taken you to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. We've got to remain firmly planted on the thought that if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say, I want to be faithful to finish. So let's look at setting and keeping godly goals real quickly. Number one, when setting goals, count the cost. When setting goals, count the cost. We all have this idea of what we want to be and what we want to see in life. You know, uh, guys, we all want to look like the rock. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, we want to we wanna do that. But, but, but have you counted the cost for that, right? Uh, 
you know, or, or maybe you don't. I would like to look like the rock. I've already got the head for it. I just need the body to fall in line. You know what I'm saying? And so, so okay, have we counted the cost? How many hours is he spending working out every day? What kind of food is he eating? Is he eating clean? Is he, you know, uh, you know, do you want to give up little Debbie's? I mean, do you, do you really want to do that? Count the cost before you set some good goals. Luke 14, 28 through 30 says this, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? And 29 says, Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. You see, God wants you to count the cost. Think about what it's going to cost. Think about that. Take some time. Don't just, don't just jot down some goals. Really take some time to think about it. Am I willing to make the sacrifices and be disciplined to finish what I start? And so, but here's what I can tell you. God has already given you the grace to finish. He's already given you that grace to finish. God would never call you to something that he hasn't given you the grace to see it through. God likes to finish what he starts. Can somebody say amen? Faithful to finish. Number two, when setting goals, ask God for vision to see past the present. Ask God for vision to see past what you can see right now. Well, what I see right now is bills mounted up. what, what, what I see right now is, is my phone rings off the hook with debt collectors. You know, what I see right now is, is health issues where the doctor said that, I, that, that I'm going to be limited in, in what I do in my life. What I see right now, like Miss Judy, is, is, is I'm, I'm sitting at Wentworth in rehab, you know, with knee replacements. Or Miss Esther, I've got a surgery. So, so, so a lot of times what we see right now can cloud what God wants to do in our life. And so what we have to do is we have to ask God, God, give us vision to see past what we are seeing at the present. Proverbs 29, 18, in the Passion Translation, I love this. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, prophetic vision is what we need. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's Bliss fills your soul. I love that. Oh, you want to find joy? You want to find joy in your life? Find some prophetic vision. What does God say? What does he say? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He is the alpha and the omega. And so we say, God, I know what I see right now, but what do you see? Because you can see past this mountain that's standing in front of me. You can see past the giant that is standing and mocking me saying, you will never win. You can see past the impossibilities or the struggles or the strongholds. You can see past all that. So God, give me some prophetic vision to see past what I see in the present. I love what Helen Keller said. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. God, listen, I'm telling you, the vision can take you farther than sight ever could. 
And so we want to ask God to give us vision. Can I tell you to write the vision down? Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Because if you don't, tomorrow you're going to be saying, what was that that I felt like I heard from God yesterday? What was that, man? I, that man, I had this thought. And, and because here's what the enemy, if you don't write it down, the enemy will come and steal it just like that. Just like that, man. He, he, he's all on it. He doesn't want, listen, he knows the potential and the danger that comes from you writing the vision down. And so write it down, type it down, text it to yourself, email it to yourself. I do all of these things. And so you want to write it down. Habakkuk 2.2 says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. He may run. I love that. He may run who reads it. It's not, listen, following the the prophetic vision of the word of of God on your life, listen, that is not something you casually kind of, sort of do. No, man, you write that thing down, it gives you the strength and the grace to run and to see that thing come to pass in your life and to be aggressive and 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 to do things to implement what God has called you to do in your life. You see, God has given you the grace to go farther than you can see right now. Oh, he's given you grace to finish, but he's given you grace to go farther than you can possibly see right now. Some of you may have goals that you've already set in your life, but I can tell you he's given you grace to surpass those goals. He's given you grace to surpass it. You see, passionate leaders accomplish more than positional ones. John Maxwell says that all the time. Passionate leaders accomplish more than positional leaders do. In fact, it says, a great leader... A great leader's courage to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. You find, give me a leader with passion, and we can go places. We've had, we've had people work with us, volunteer and, and paid staff and different things over the years. And, and I've had some positional ones, and I've had some passionate ones. Passionate ones will help you accomplish your dreams passionate people in your life. Listen, you want some, you you need to, in fact, some of you this morning, you just need to ask God for your passion back. Listen, we should be passionate about serving God. We should be passionate about fulfilling the dreams and the desires and the goals that God has birthed within us. And if we can find our passion, then we will be faithful to finish. Can somebody say amen? Number three, and lastly this morning, when setting goals, Leave room for the supernatural. Leave room for the supernatural. You see, a lot of times we steer away from teaching, from from all natural man-made strategies to do things in our life. But really, some of those strategies are good as long as we leave room for the supernatural. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen now we talked about this Wednesday night we talked about how we love and quoting man God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask think or imagine praise God 
But the thing that we need to remember is that that requires asking and thinking on our part. Asking and thinking. We talk about asking a lot. But I think sometimes we just need to spend some time thinking, what could God do in my life? What would I like to see God do? We have a list of impossibilities that we keep at our house, the things that we're just believing God for. And I love it that we get to mark those things off as God does it. But we spend time thinking, talking. We wrote the vision down. We talk about it. We bring it up. We get it out. We look at it from time to time. And we say, what are we still believing God for? And what do we want to add to the list? We leave room for the impossible to be done in our life. God wants us to believe that He, that he really can exceed our expectations this year. So I want to encourage you. We need to spend some time setting some goals. We need to uh, spend some time, not just for the year, but for our life. This is some things that I believe God's birthed in my heart and my spirit that I would like to see come to pass. And we need to believe God that he will exceedingly, abundantly, supernaturally help us to surpass those things. If your goals are not bigger than you, they're not big enough. We establish that. God has given you the grace, the grace, the empowerment to do the impossible. I love watching people accomplish their God-given dreams. I love watching people lay hands on the things that they believed for for a long time. You know, this weekend we got to we got to go pray over Alex and Cecilia's house that they believed God for for a long time. This 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 past year also uh, they they started a business that God had given them the dreams to start, and and has it all been easy? <laughs> no, but we're watching God do tremendous things for them. They were able to buy all their employees Christmas gifts this year on their first year of business. I mean, it's it's awesome, and God has given them the house that they believed Him for. They spent their first night in it last night. How old are you guys? Four. I won't ask this of you, but, but Alex is 24, so you can figure it out from there. 24 years old. They've started their business. It's succeeding. They haven't missed a bill in their first year of business. And in a hard industry, in a hard industry, and, and they, they're able to, to buy their house and they're going to be able to pay it off early and all of these things. And, and their words to me were, we want to find a house that's really close to the church so that we can be available to do whatever God's called us to do. And so literally, one minute, one minute from here, they moved out from the country, and God has given them a beautiful house, beautiful house, one minute from here. Can we give God praise for that? I love it. I love it. As a parent, I am excited about watching my kids exceed what God has done in my life. I want to see them go far beyond what I've been able to do. But we've got to be determined that we're going to be faithful to finish. Quit giving up. Quit giving in. Quit bowing down to what you see right now and believe God that he can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. Can somebody shout, I want to be faithful to finish. 
Hey guys, Pastor Travis here with you again. I pray that you were encouraged by today's message. Also, I would like to invite you to check out our website at ucmagnolia.com. There you can see what's going on at the church and you can give online and be a part of what God is doing right here in Magnolia and around the world. Also, we would like to invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope to see you soon.